1: Second warning. We don't know anything about anything. So don't take us seriously as we take these movies seriously.
0: Do you like Gladiator movies, Sully?
1: Not particularly. <laughs>
0: that's a that's a line from Airplane.
1: See, I these are jokes you have to tell with your well, sisters.
0: I know, but I'm just I was letting you know because Airplane is relevant. As in, this movie takes place entirely on an airplane.
1: It does. This week, we watched Altitude from 2010.
0: This is the story of five teenagers who, for some reason, people let them fly in a little, you know, Cessna plane to go somewhere, going to Canada somewhere. They're going
1: to a concert. Sure. But they've told their parents that they're driving to the concert, And Sarah has recently gotten her pilot's license and so has decided to fly them. Yes. To this concert. But, dun, 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 there's backstory.
0: There's backstory?
1: So much backstory.
0: Well, it turns out Sarah's mom also had a pilot's license at one point.
1: Also flew a small plane at one point.
0: And a small plane also flew into her plane (gasps) at one point. And kablooey! yes.
1: So Sarah, her mom died in a small plane crash when she was eight. Her dad is a pilot, a pro- like a professional pilot. We saw her talking to him on the phone at one point. Oh, right. Um, so flying is in her blood, man. But then why
0: is she so bad? She's at it? really
1: bad at it. <laughs> you bring up a good point because I don't understand how these five. Teenagers, and we say teenagers, they all looked like they were in their mid to late 20s to me, but they were playing like senior high school seniors, I think. Yeah, I think so. And I don't understand why these like 18 year olds were allowed to just go and then just head out in a plane, like with no one saying, like, yeah, uh, is there an adult who's (laughs) gonna like sign for this or something? Yeah,
0: because. To rent a car, you have to be 25. I can't imagine renting a plane is something young people are allowed to
1: do. No. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. It was was weird. Things were going fine, except that then there is a mechanical failure with the plane.
0: Yes, the mysterious bolt.
1: That causes it to go up forever. (laughs) Yep. Which apparently (laughs) means that it ends up in like this Lovecraftian cloud filled with a tentacled monster and time Which, travel.
0: That is a problem when your elevator gets stuck. That happens all the time. Right. Standard right. plane problems, but I was yelling at the screen at first because the bolt comes loose and like gets wedged in so that it's locked to their elevator into an upward position so that they're constantly climbing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all you have to do is slow down. If you (laughs) slow down, you will descend. That's how planes work. And they did that. Yes. They got that figured out.
1: She did have that much knowledge. She was trained with that part. (laughs) She was not trained on instruments, though. So she was not supposed to be flying into a cloud. and Especially not an
0: evil tentacle cloud. Right?
1: So she was not prepared to navigate her way out of the time maelstrom that this storm was.
0: I don't think we were really informed it was a time maelstrom until the very end.
1: Yeah, except that from the moment I saw Sarah as an adult, well, 18-year-old, I was like, oh, I know what happened. Yeah like she's like looking at her picture of her dead pilot mom and i'm like oh okay right. yeah i know where this is going yeah we
0: we we see this yeah
1: and it was just a matter of how were they going to fill the time <laughs> between that moment and the moment when her plane is the one that crashes into the plane that her mom died in.
0: Spoilers. Wow.
1: It was. It's not even that much of a spoiler.
0: <laughs> I was actually surprised by the ending of this movie because, in fact, they don't crash into her mom. No. But only because this time they managed to avoid it.
1: Well, here's the thing. What's the thing? If they didn't avoid crashing into the plane, then he wouldn't get to meet her 10 years earlier and be weird and possessive about her for an entire <laughs> extra decade of his life.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I, I Yeah, I, I could see that. But I, it is interesting, though, because we're talking the ending of the movie now for some reason, but they avoid hitting her mom, mm-hmm. and then they like fly off into the sunset and... I don't know if they crashed or what, but they're, like, gone. I think maybe they ceased to exist because the future had changed.
1: Maybe. Like, I feel like there was something about how he could will things into happening. Like, somehow this, you know, again, the world revolves around (laughs) men. Somehow he could control the world with his brain. Yeah. And because she said something like, like, make a wish. And he's like, I already did. And his wish was that, th- that he would sacrifice them in order for the plane not to crash, which maybe it had something to do with he was wishing that her mom didn't die and his parents yeah. didn't die and that everybody lived and was, you know, could be happily ever after. But because of who he was through the whole movie, how I read that was his wish was, I wish that you would tolerate me and not be trying <laughs> to run away from me all the time.
0: Oh, yeah, And that we
1: could be in a relationship. So then they land and immediately these eight-year-olds are holding hands.
0: Yes, immediately. Gross. That is in- an interesting take on that point. I liked how, you know, the fact that they kind of cease to exist... And now we're back in time. It's kind of like he undid this accident. He like saved their lives, but not in the present. They die in the present, but now we're back here and they get to live out lives without that happening to them, which is interesting.
1: Maybe. It's, it's
0: mean, time travel.
1: I mean, yay that their parents didn't die. I'm like, great. Okay. This yeah. is a theoretically a better future. Although, you know... I feel like all changing of timelines is like a monkey's paw kind of situation. Oh, it's not good. Like what you know, now her parents are going to get a divorce, and her dad's going to turn out to be abusive, or whatever. Like things happen in the future that you don't know were going to happen. If you're just sad that something, yeah, from the past, I, feel I don't know.
0: Like there's some element. I don't know quite where I got this from, but I had the same feeling about this guy as Fry from Futurama. Like this guy. Mm. was special in a circular way. Like Mm -hmm. he was only special because he had traveled through time, which gave him the ability to travel through time. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Okay. So that brings up an interesting thing. My very last note that I made was she better never stop loving him (laughs) because, okay. As he's in the process of saving them, like he has realized it's me. All of these things are happening I'm because problem. I'm making them happen. Which how messed up are you that like everything that happens to you is horrible because you just only think horrible thoughts? Like Yeah,
0: that was oof. that was the deal.
1: But also he he is aware of the fact that he needs to think this monster away. Like mm-hmm. think it out of existence and it will disappear. He he literally cannot make this happen. She kisses him. Yes. Which I was so annoyed because she had spent the entire movie explaining in so many different ways that she it was time for them to move on. She was going off to college. Like, yeah. this was over. She was not interested. It was very clear. And then...
0: But when you find out he's omnipotent, you're gonna nope. dial that back.
1: But here's the thing. It was very much... It felt to me like the same as the ending of School Spirit, where... Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm going to die if I don't make this dude happy. Yes. I better pretend I'm in love with him. And that's what happened here, too, is she's like, all right, this guy can't seem to wrap his head around, I wish I were on the ground on a sunny day. Like, come on, man. It's not that
0: complicated.
1: I'm going to die unless I give him what he wants, which is me. So she kisses him and immediately everything clears up and it's all better. Yeah. Until he's like, wait a minute, you didn't mean that kiss. And the monster is back. He's like, we might as well all die because you were pretending. So here they are on the ground, eight years old. He has created this new world for them until what? The first time she doesn't want to hold his hand?
0: Yes. Gross. That is exactly it. This movie feels very much like a Twilight Zone episode Mm, stretched out into a movie.
1: Or like... Black Mirror or something. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But even more specifically than that, it's very similar to the fabulous, well-remembered Twilight Zone episode about the kid who sent people to the cornfield. And this is a kid who can dream up whatever he wants the world to be, and it will be. Uh And so everyone has to appease him at all times and make him as happy as possible and never think bad thoughts.
1: Right? It's... I don't even know. Like, yeah, I don't even know. What's what's the point of that story? I guess the point of the story is that this is how so many people live in the world, under the thumb of people who they have to keep happy. And yeah. I'm not even just talking about men at this point, but like Bosses. the people who are in charge, you have to like give them whatever it is that they want to keep them happy or they will literally kill you. Yeah. But. But.
0: Here's the thing about that. The whole aspect of him controlling things with his mind and whatever doesn't even come in until the last 10 minutes of the movie. Before that, what we have is a story of they're trapped on this little plane, just continuing on through an endless storm and gradually realizing that there's a giant squid in the sky, which was a long process. Mostly it was just plane troubles. And so that's what most of the movie's about. This, This other thing is a complicated philosophical issue that is relegated to the end. But man... I
1: mean, delightfully, there's a whole other side story that happens through the rest of the movie where a jerk jock yeah, and a guitar player are fighting over the one other woman on the plane.
0: <laughs> yes. This jock... Okay, I'm going to spoil a little bit about my opinion. I thought this movie was really fun, except it was ruined by how incredibly unpleasant Sal was. Yes. He was legitimately full-on bully. Like, the guy with the mental powers... Bruce. Bruce has... You know, like a mint in-package comic book. Mm -hmm. And the jock steals it, grabs it, pulls it out of the packaging. He's like, ooh, it's out of the package now.
1: Right, knowing exactly what Uh he's doing.
0: And then rips a page out of it and crumples it up and throws it away. Like, that's just so evil that that's like... That's like a mugger. (laughs) It's, It's so beyond, like, what you can do to people and still be a part of society yeah. with them.
1: <laughs> it was it was cartoonishly bad.
0: Yeah, he's a bad boy. So he,
1: he was also like super racist and misogynist oh, yes. and oh, just yes. he was a terrible person all around. And the one like interesting thing that I thought he did in the whole movie, which was not surprising in any way, but like he's holding the rope while <laughs> Corey, the guitar player, is out on the plane, the tail of the plane, trying to fix the elevator. Yeah, and like you do, yeah, like you do. Well, at twenty thousand feet, mm-hmm. and Corey, like brilliantly, decides to reveal that he is in love with Mel, uh-huh. the girlfriend, and like kiss her on his way out, as he's <laughs> then relying on yeah. Sal to hold the other end of the rope. And I was like, yeah. timing, man, come on.
0: That was not great. No. But his from his point of view, it was, I'm about to die. I'm going to go through with this.
1: I get that. But also, he just solidified the I'm about to die part. <laughs> yes, because he did. You know, he slips. The rope is pulled taut around Sal because for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think to prove how serious he was about protecting him. Oh, is that what it was? He wrapped the rope around his body. And I was like, oh, clearly you've never worked with horses. Like you never <laughs> yeah. wrap a rope around any part of you. So he wraps the rope around his body. Corey slips, falls. The rope gets pulled tight around him. And
0: doesn't cut him in half.
1: It doesn't. I kind of <laughs> wanted it to. Yeah. I wanted it to crush him. Like, literally, I wanted him to be, like, boa constrictor crushed. <laughs> because I disliked him so much. Instead of pulling Corey yes. in...
0: Like, that was the whole move the whole time.
1: Right? Instead of doing anything like that, he just cuts the rope and lets Corey go. Mm-hmm. And then is like, the rope broke. Oh, no.
0: Yes, the rope just broke. I'm yeah. sorry.
1: That that ruse didn't last for very long. But <laughs> no. I, he just... Yeah, he was just horrible, horrible, horrible man. I mean,
0: also a murderer, but I feel like the comic book thing was worse.
1: Yeah. I mean, we didn't even have the satisfaction of watching Sal get eaten by the tentacle monster because instead he tries to kill Bruce Mm -hmm. and then falls out the open door of the plane. It wasn't even a satisfying ending to him.
0: No, but I'm glad he was gone. Yes. Yeah, he... The racism was just... Completely unnecessary and just thrown in there and then repeated later in the movie. Yes. (laughs) And then I have the note, why rope so long? (laughs) Because they knew approximately the distance to the back of the plane. Uh And yet they had like a hundred feet of rope Uh so that he could, Corey could just be dragged out like water skiing off the back of the plane instead of being where he needed to be.
1: Yeah, Yeah. it it was a bad plan.
0: So speaking of them going out the door of the plane, as they repeatedly do in this movie, and then later windows being cracked open by tentacles smashing through Mm. them, Mm -hmm. they would have these windows open at 20,000 feet. And if you were right next to the window, your hair would ruffle. (laughs) But if you were elsewhere... No problem.
1: <laughs> also, only a few of them and only at inopportune times did like the elevation impact them. Like, yeah, they talked just, about.
0: They're like, oh, there's not much oxygen Yeah, they here. talked <laughs> about
1: it, but only to explain why one of them was passing out at a time when it was a problem that they were passing out.
0: I have been flying in such a little plane as this. My dad used to take me flying on these little planes in California.
1: Oh, yeah, that was long before my time.
0: And so I know what it's like to be in one of these planes, and they were in a twin-engine plane. I was in just a single-engine plane, and I can tell you, inside that plane, it is so loud, you can't hear anything at all, ever. You just wear headphones, and you talk to each other through them, because there's nothing. It's just continuous noise all the time. And that's before a tentacle smashes the window open. (laughs) Right? But these guys are just chatting away. There are people in the farthest back row talking and the people in the front hearing them. And I'm like, none of this. No. Unacceptable.
1: Oh, while we're talking about reality versus not reality in small planes, one of my favorite things. You know how I love when there's... Just terrible logic and scientific thinking. I do too. Yeah. One of my favorite parts was how they busted out the manual and they found out like what the maximum load was. (laughs) It was like 1600 pounds, right? Yeah,
0: or something. And
1: so they like do all this math and they're quick, like, everybody tell me how much you weigh. Uh And all of them were. So we've established that all of these kids are like 150 to 175 pounds. Yeah. She's like, okay, so like 100 pounds of luggage. And I'm like, yeah, probably twice that, but okay, whatever. And then, you know, 1,000 pounds of fuel. Like they do all this math and they figure out that they are 200 pounds over like the maximum, right?
0: I love this part.
1: And their solution is to find things to throw out of the plane to make it lighter. yes. And I'm like, we've just established that that would mean throwing like one and a half of you off of this plane
0: or alternatively throw a guitar off the plane <laughs> notoriously I heavy object the guitar the, the acoustic space. guitar
1: i literally thought the first thing they were going to throw out the plane was the one parachute they
0: had <laughs> that's like that's a lot heavier that would have been significant
1: no like hundred. Uh, okay For real, you could have thrown all of your luggage and the lightest person off of the plane, and you would have barely made it under. Yeah. Which, nope, there was no logic about that at all. And then immediately, within two minutes, we find out that they're at a quarter tank of fuel. Yeah. Which then I'm like, so did she know, like, is a quarter tank of fuel a thousand pounds? Or is she thinking that there's a thousand pounds? Because then she also said we took off with not a full tank yeah. because we weren't going very far. I'm Like, is that how that works?
0: Yeah. I believe airplanes only take as much fuel as the flight will take, plus, you know, a little safety amount because the more you carry, the sure. harder it is to fly, the slower you go. So that makes sense.
1: Anyway, like all of that math that they did in real time. And then I'm like, this doesn't help you at all. (laughs) Yeah. Also, how did they let you take off from the ground 200 pounds overweight?
0: well cuz nobody was checking anything <laughs> they let teenagers fly this plane also
1: how is this two twin engine plane that has five seats six seats in it 200 pounds overweight with a bunch of scrawny teenagers in it and an empty seat and an empty seat
0: <laughs> that's poorly designed plane right
1: oh yeah math
0: math i love that they threw the guitar out that right? was my favorite
1: that was that was almost airplane level <laughs> Humor right there.
0: (laughs) But yeah, they felt that it was appropriate. I mean, I guess they were desperate. But yeah, having a guy go out with a rope and try to kick the elevator. I mean, yeah, I guess you got to do it. Do you? It's some real Tom Cruise stuff, though.
1: Right? I mean, do you? Like,
0: Um, what else are you gonna do? You're trapped up there planes don't go down they only go up but interesting twist they were trapped up there because it didn't matter how much they went down they were still in the cloud forever yeah. because of the magic
1: yeah which is really sad for Corey because yeah like he gave his life he he got eaten by the uh the tentacle monster for no reason whatsoever
0: i'm kind of sad he got eaten by the tentacle monster because you just said his name was Corey, and i was like "Ooh, boy meets world oh <laughs> no.
1: Oh, that's terrible <laughs> but he
0: didn't he got grabbed by the tentacle monster <laughs> which was very hard to see at that point in the movie and I was like I didn't even really knew, know that happened there was just like some oddity to the clouds yeah. but then later they really showed that tentacle monster made yeah. for some pretty cool shots where like they had the plane flying and you know just the tentacles all around it and stuff and that was pretty cool
1: yeah it was interesting
0: Lovecraftian
1: yeah you know how much I love that. Like it it definitely, even the, even the like graphics and special effects and stuff sort of felt like Twilight Zone. Yeah. They, they yeah. were not great, but they were entertaining. Yeah.
0: I have previously spoiled this and I will say that I enjoyed this movie. It was a fun one just watching them floundering up there, trying to figure out what to do in this increasingly odd situation. And the fact that it was written like a Twilight Zone episode, you know, with the big twist and just total weirdness that's unexplained, that was really fun because Twilight Zone episodes are fun. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoyed it on that level, you know, as a cheesy piece of entertainment. Minus Sal... Mm. the beanbag he was terrible and i did not like him at all to the point where it hurt the movie and there's a thing like movies have villains and that's fine Mm -hmm. evil people but this guy was one of their friends and they all treated him as a friend and like you spend the whole movie going Why do these people hang out with him? Why is she dating him? What is happening here that that people are putting up with this monstrosity, tentacle monster in human form? I don't understand the Sal situation. And I think that's some bad... I don't know if it's bad writing exactly. It's just bad planning. Like, they should have done that differently to make me entertained. They did a bad job. But, like I said, the Twilight zone stuff is fun. And that, for me, awards this film three spinning dials out of five. Just a generally decent experience. You know, not great, but not bad.
1: Yeah. Like, I totally hear that. I get that. Uh Uh-oh. I feel like perhaps the fact that I've come across many discussions about nice guys and, (laughs)
0: like... Oh, yeah. The he, way that's the what way, was happening here.
1: Yes. And the uh, he didn't even come across as a nice guy, though. He was just weird.
0: But I feel like that's kind of, you know, part of the nice guy trope, just that he was, that he would be like, I was just trying to be nice to you.
1: Yes. And like the awkwardness and, you know, how we're supposed to just be really forgiving of guys who don't know how to treat other people like human beings. Yeah. I, I don't.
0: So they don't wish you into a cornfield.
1: Right. Okay, here's my dilemma. For me personally, because I saw what was happening, and because of all the things that I personally have experienced and the things that I know and have learned about interactions and the nice guy trope and all of that, this movie was extra horrific because of how it ended. Like Because it was presented as a happy ending, and I was just like, oh!
0: She's that is trapped forever yeah that is very true and more fun to that is they could grow up and you know not have that plane crash anymore but she you know gets fed up and wants to leave and so he zaps them back in time and starts it over again right and it's just infinite she's torture for her. forever
1: it's like willow mind controlling tara and yeah. like all of those things like it's not okay And so it made, it amped up the horror for me.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And I
1: think for a lot of people, like I think there are definitely people out there who would watch this movie and be like, whoa. Yeah. (laughs) That was awful. I mean, lots of horror movies
0: have bad endings though. But Uh, this one, I don't think they intended that, but it's there. That's
1: the dilemma. Because if they intended it, mm, spot on. Like that's (laughs) Uh very like Black Mirror kind of ending, right? If they didn't intend it- and this was written to have a happy ending. Then it's dangerously close to where I start thinking I'm giving this movie a zero because it contributes mm-hmm. so detrimentally to the world. Yeah, like to it culture. It, yes, it creates. It causes more of the problems that are out there. So I don't know. Like I'm, I'm torn between like if they meant to make it horrific at the ending then well done. I would probably give it a three as well. But if they didn't, and I sort of suspect they didn't, I would give it more like a one and a half.
0: I want to defend this film.
1: Of course you do. From your
0: nonsense. Sir. Don't make me zap (laughs) you into a cornfield. Okay. Because Bruce is presented as creepily obsessed with her. They make Mm -hmm. a big deal out of he bought a ticket to Mm -hmm. go to where she's going to school, and she's freaked out by that. When she goes to kiss him, it's obviously a ploy, and she's very uncomfortable with it. So we are kind of in her shoes as this Mm -hmm. guy's creepy. This isn't great. We don't like this. So in that sense, I'm going to say that they did it on purpose, that they were saying this is a creepy ending. I wish they had put something of that in the ending, like when they're holding hands, like he squeezes too tight or something. Something. You know, but... Something. But...
1: Or I, you get that I look get in that. her eyes like, oh, no.
0: <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Right? Oh. But,
1: you know, something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing. If that were the case, if that's if that's what happened, because I think you make a good point, those pieces were built into the story. In that case, I might even give it a three and a half. Ooh. Because I like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't really love the movie itself, but I like that, like, ooh, ooh look something how scary. Different for it is. each of us. But if they didn't do that, and this was supposed to be a happy ending, then it's like a one and a half. And I don't know which it is, so I'm going to just say, dear listener, when you watch this movie, if you tend to feel the same way I do about movies, you are either going to <laughs> hate this movie or kind of like Have this movie. Have a
0: decent time. Yeah. It's okay.
1: Depending on what you think they were actually doing with the end of it.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Fight the
1: horror of a world gone mad. I'm going to use this movie to remind us that history repeats itself. Clever. Mm, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. History repeats itself. It it does over and over again in so many different ways. And, and we're not talking about time loops and, and paradoxes. I think because humans are how humans are, mm. we tend to respond to certain stimuli in certain ways and, and really fundamentally we have evolved very little from our, our very early, early days. So it's important to know what has happened in the past and to pay attention to history and to understand how the things that happened a hundred years ago, 200 years ago, 400 years ago, more are actually directly linked perhaps through many 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 links but it's all one long chain to what we are doing today and and to be on the lookout for ooh we've kind of been in this situation before maybe with fewer cell phones but <laughs> yeah. like this has happened before what were the things that happened shortly after this that either were beneficial or were harmful and to just you know consider that a tool that I find very helpful in that is the daily, almost daily newsletter or like essay, or I don't even know what you call it, that Heather Cox Richardson puts out.
0: That's yeah, a good one.
1: Where she takes some current event, something that, that is a big in the news today, and kind of goes back and like traces back the things that have played into how we got here and why we think the way we do about things. And often it's things where I'm like, yep, that makes sense. Or, you know, I knew that. And sometimes it's things where I thought, I think, I had no idea. I had not put those two pieces together and it yeah. really helps me understand a current situation in a more faceted, nuanced way. And and sometimes changes my mind some about what I think the best solution is because I'm like, oh yeah, we tried that thing I thought was going to be the solution. It didn't work. Yeah, We need something else. So yeah, history repeats itself. And It would be good if we could be making better histories, not just so that we can hold hands with the girl who doesn't want to have anything to do with us, but for the good of all of the people involved.
0: I mean, he saved several lives.
1: He did, but then we're getting into (laughs) ends justify the means territory and hmm, as a whole other podcast.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, that's the ends.
1: Hope you enjoyed the means.
0: (laughs) Okay. We'll be back next week with more tremendous excitement from the world of horror.
1: Woohoo! Woohoo! Don't forget to call your elected representatives.